Welcome to Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the champions who use their positive energy to change the world because your energy really does matter. Follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski for fun giveaways and tips to transform your energy from scarcity to abundance. And today is an exciting show. We have one of my dear friends, Carlos Santini. He is the CEO of Mizzen Education. He leads and helps grow the Mizzen platform as a key resource in elevating the quality of after-school programs for young people across the United States. Since 2002, Santini has worked closely with school districts, foundations, nonprofits, and local, state, and national leaders to expand the scope and improve the quality of after-school programming for young people. Yay! He previously served as Executive Vice President of Programs for After-School All-Stars, a national nonprofit offering comprehensive after-school programs for middle school youth in 19 cities across the country. Santini immigrated to the U.S. from Honduras at age seven and credits his experience as an English learner for paving his path towards a career in education. He attended the University of California, L.A., where he first began his work in youth development with the UCLA Unicamp. He's married, has two daughters, and his wife is an elementary school teacher for more than 30 years and a former nonprofit executive leader. So how cool. I personally am beyond grateful to have this time with Carlos to dive into the amazing energy in after-school programs around the country, and especially to dive into Mizzen, because if you work in education, you need to know about Mizzen education. But first, Carlos, welcome. I've seen you twice. Uh, good morning, Robin. Yeah, I've seen you twice in the past <laughs> few months in Columbia for the Riley Institute scale, and a few weeks ago in D.C. for the National Summer Learning Summit. Tell our listeners your story. Let's talk. Wow. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I mean, I don't hear that intro, like, read back to me often. So <laughs> it's, uh, I was like, wow, okay, I, I've done some stuff. I've done a yeah, few things in my life. So I only read, like, a proud. third of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, listen, um, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, I think uh, for listeners today, you know, it's lights on after school. It is. So it's, uh, this is my yeah, this is my twenty first year. Wow, of being a part of this movement. And when I look back, you know, in two thousand two, my first day was in the out of school time world was uh, April seventeenth, uh, two thousand two. I remember the day I walked through the doors at City Hall in Los Angeles, California. And as um, in a way to remember that, I always call what I call my sensei, my mentor. His name is Gary Moody. Every April 17th, I either call or text him, and I say, thank you. Oh, thank I you love that, that gratitude. Um, you know, yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's a big part of when we talk about energy. A big part of our work, a big part of what drives me is this idea that we stand on the shoulders of greats, that there's someone before us or me that came, did the work, set me up, uh, gave me a shot. And so every year, I call or text him uh, to just show my gratitude, uh, not just for him, but there's all kinds of individuals who, as I look back at my journey, they've been there and they've helped me get to where I am today. So, I mean, I'm grateful to, the, to all How of them. How beautiful. And, you know, we should always think yeah. of who we, who can we reach out to to show our gratitude, not just on a special day, you know, like Valentine's Day or birthdays, but I love that you've created a day. What is it, April 17th? 
April 17th. That's I right. That's it. my, that's my, you know, I, I remember a few dates, right? My wedding anniversary, birthday, dates my children were born, maybe first day I voted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then when I started working for after school. You know, those, those are it. a couple of key dates in my life. You yeah. know, it's it's so true. I remember the day I started at Engaging Creative Minds. It was March 18th, 2013. Like, it's etched in your oh, mind because you it's go. so momentous, you know? Well, you're right. Today, um, you know, and we're dating the show, but that's okay. Lights on after school. It was launched actually in 2000. Is that right? It's been Correct. going on for many years, and it's a celebration of after school. Like, um, you know, there are 7.6 million children alone and unsupervised after school. So these programs, it's so important to highlight and spotlight this. So let's mm-hmm. talk about Mizen, Mizen Education. You guys are at the forefront. I can't even tell you how many times I share your work, your story, your energy with I educators. Well, you're welcome. Ed- and they thank me. So it's it works both ways. Yeah. Um about the amazing things you're doing and, and please check out their website and I'll have all the, all this in the show notes, but you offer so much. How, how do you keep track of all this and tell us a yeah, bit about yeah. that? So, no, thank you. Uh, I mean, Miss Education is really, when I look back at you know, 21 years of work, it is an embodiment of the things that as, as I kind of went through my profession, I had a difficult time finding, which is resource designed specifically for the out of school time educator, because over those two decades, we constantly had to go to uh, the, you know, even before there was a Google search, we were searching, right? Whether it was Yahoo, the search engine, or any other type of just piecing together the learning experience for kids. And at a school time professionals, we didn't have a dedicated space. It was always either modifying or adapting K-12 lessons or kind of scrapping things together from, you know, uh, would be things like Pinterest, uh, or doing a Google search, or just you know, kind of putting together lessons uh, instinctively. And so, Mizen, for me, when I got the opportunity to lead the project, I felt it was a little bit of like um, it was a, a little bit of karma for me—a good, a good type of karma—because I felt like I'm finally in a position where I can contribute to a long-standing challenge I had in the industry, which is someone is out there searching for great content, great partners, packaging them for that 3 to 6 p.m. space, for that summer learning space, for that camp space, designing it in a way in which learning is curious, it's joyful, it's engaging, uh, and developing lesson plans that are not necessarily so, um, so it may be intense or full of taxonomy, but not enough, uh, not, not enough engagement in youth-centered design. And so that's how we go after content. We go after it. We put it together. We put it in a, in a system where we can provide equitable access. And as I spent my time uh, joining the organization, getting to know uh, the community of, of users, I remember clearly one day someone telling us, Carlos, don't worry about throwing a ton of content on the app. Just find us the right stuff. So we're counting on you to curate and put together quality versus quantity. And so Love sometimes, it. you know, I'll get a little insecure, you know, like, oh, we don't have enough, we need more, we need that Netflix effect, you know, but mm-hmm. the reality, reality is that folks don't want to dive through layers and layers. They want to know that what you have, you've thought about it um, carefully, you, you've, had, you've had empathy to say, okay, would an educator use this? And so that's what we've been doing. We've been designing these resources, piecing them together with a lot of care, 
understanding that engagement, curiosity, joy, love of learning, which is all in our mission statement, that's what's really driving how we design the experience. So true. And your website's beautiful, by the way. And um, I love the way it's laid out and you can click on the, like you can click on arts and see specific to that content area. Um, And you, so back to you and your story, you came here at age seven. So that must've been hard for you in school. Not, I mean, you weren't, did you speak any English? No, no, no. I, you know, it's it's funny. I always tell my daughters, it, it was a hilarious story, which when I first got here, which was uh, December of 1979, that's when I came here with my aunt. Uh, and there's a whole story behind it, right? Uh, I mean, I, got, I actually got to meet my family for the first time here in the U.S. that I did not know. Wow. Uh, which is a story for another day. Um, but the story I always share uh, about me not speaking the English language well, there was this little girl that I had a crush on as a first grader. I love it. <laughs> but I could never say I could never say anything to her. And all I could tell my kids was, I knew that she came in every day in a, in a light blue van. She got dropped off by her family, and I just like you know. But I never, I could never, I could never talk to her. So they, they, they would just, they felt so bad for me. They're like, oh, dad. <laughs> um, but no, I, I spoke zero, zero English, wow. and I remember. I remember, you know, being set aside, um, you know, as an ESL student uh, and just going through that experience. Now, back then, I didn't know that. I didn't know that there was this segmentation, this separation, you know, where you will not necessarily learn at the same pace or in the same environment as other kids. I had my own track, if you will, often. And so when I look back at that, yeah, I mean, I, I always cite that as inspiration to, uh, to my work now, um, I, I I know what it's like to 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 be considered different or not good enough, or um, not necessarily being able to be integrated, mm-hmm. or there be equity in a learning experience. Yeah, back then it was pretty acceptable. People didn't really fight that much, or never really analyzed the impacts of being separated as a different type of learner, as opposed to being integrated and being included. With the, with the rest of the learning community. So that, that really drives my work today. Yeah, and, you know, to be to have that experience that these students, so many of these students have, it is so true that you having lived it really makes a difference in how you work it now. Like the way you offer opportunities to after-school programs, the way you speak to students. Like I've seen you on the stage. And I so funny story for our listeners. I want everybody to know the level of effort it took for us to have this moment today. Like, can we just for a minute laugh about our emails back and forth? You guys, literally, I don't even know how, like, because you're in California. I'm in South Carolina, like time zones. We had all kinds of crazy back and forth, back and forth. But through it all, through it all. And I'm telling you, a lot of people might have said, Robin, I'm done with you. You're a crazy woman and I don't even want to talk to you anymore. And you're like, oh my God, I love you. Like, let's do this. And that's your joy. That's your, like, your energy is so forgiving and you see opportunity and you, like, stand on shoulder. I just love everything about you. And I've seen you on stage and everybody in the audience, no matter where they come from, no matter what their work is, they lean in when you speak. Mm, mm. I'll tell you, um, I learned this from, gosh, I learned this from my trainings with the Weikert Center uh, when we were implementing the Youth Program Quality Initiative, or YPQI. Yeah. And the trainer always told us, it's not the, you know, it's 
the anytime there's a, a room full of people and you're standing in front of a, of a speaker or a trainer, it's never about the trainer. It's never about the speaker. It's the audience. And that's what you, that's what matters. Uh, and, and it's interesting because the audience will say, well, no, it's about the speaker. But when I get up there and I look around, it's, I get, I'm, I just, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm joyful because I know the work that all these folks are putting in. Uh, I know what it's taken for them to get there. You know, the, the idea of sitting and listening to someone else, I think you have to connect emotionally. And a lot of it has to be with humility. You know, you've got to be humble when you're up there. You can't, you can't pretend that you're the expert in the room. Now, yes, you contribute to a cause or, 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 or the work, um, which is why, you know, I've kind of gotten into this groove of having someone join me, a student join me on stage, because that, again, is another representation of the work being done. It's not just about me on stage. I need to bring someone on who's actually, you know, the subject of the stuff that I'm talking about. So if it's young people, let me talk with a young person yes. and, and let, let the audience, because I want the audience to know that you matter more. And I want to make sure that the, that the content that you're listening to from the stage is something that you connect with. Yeah, um, and, and so, brilliant. yeah, I, I am, I, I think we're all, at the end of the day, you know, when, when we are humble and joyful and real, um, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine sent me a Brene Brown uh, webinar or a podcast that I need to listen to. Um, I, um, I just bought a book that talks about the importance of, um, of kind of cutting off that hurry element of our lives, pausing, stopping, looking at what's in front of you, being grateful. And once you make that connection, then you can dive into maybe more content, more practice, more tactical stuff. Yes. First piece, get grounded and connect with folks. Yeah, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And yeah, that's, that's what right. it really boils down to. Now, I was in the audience. I was, so you came to Columbia. We have a um, network here in South Carolina called SCALE. And it's called, it stands for South Carolina After School Leaders Empowered. It's through the Riley Institute. And in um, a few months, I guess it was in August, we had a convening. So after school providers and summer program providers from across South Carolina met and then we had speakers come from around the country. And Carlos, you were one of these speakers. And this was, you You were right. You brought a student on stage. I believe she was in high school, right? Or college. Yeah, she was a senior. Senior mm-hmm. in high school. And yeah. mm-hmm. her story was so beautiful. She had, And I don't even think she meant to be funny. She was hilarious. Like her chickens' names were like Zaxby and Chick-fil-A or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like she's just adorable in her delivery but she spoke to us from the perspective of who we serve. Like why, it was just mm-hmm. brilliant. And I also give you a lot of credit. You know, you flew across the country and found a student. Like it's not even like, you know, she was in your district. So kudos to yeah, you for reaching yeah. out and making that happen. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. And, uh, you know, obviously it's the great folks in South Carolina that teamed up and, um, you know, we were able to have an amazing representative, youth representative on stage. And one of the things that I loved about her is she talked about the importance of older youth. So when you think about this idea of energy, right, your show being about the energy we give, the energy we receive and how important that is in, in, our, in, in, in the work that we do, she, um, it, there's nothing like youthful energy. There's nothing like an older youth with an adult 
facilitating and kind of co-creating the learning experience. And so she brought some of that wisdom uh, to the stage. And I, and I experienced that firsthand when I went back to South Carolina. I was there a couple of weeks ago for a STEM uh, conference event, like a, st- uh, a STEM extravaganza. And we were, um, we were facilitating Mizen uh, education activities that, that were designed by a great colleague of mine, uh, Ray Trinidad. He has a, a great uh, p- a series of content called Impact Players, and it's all about team building and community building, uh, very interactive activities. And so we were doing one on the Ultimate Cup Stack Challenge. And the ultimate cup stack challenge is you've got to be able to move cups from one end of the table to the other, stack them on top of one another without ever touching them. So kids were tripping out. They're like, what are you talking about? How is this going to work? Anyway, um, but because we had groups of 20 to 30 kids coming at a time, multi-age, K through 12, the importance of having older youth know the activity, connect with us, and then help us so that we can actually have enough hands to support our younger learners in the space was key. And so older youth brought their energy, creativity, resourcefulness. Uh, And so I always ask um, educators, don't overlook your older youth. They are your best allies in any learning experience. And they're super cool. We have summer camps. And when we have those, way more cool. Well, way more cool than me, but they're not super more cool than you. But yeah, (laughs) I appreciate you putting me in a category with you. Um, uh, oh boy. Tell us, okay, so we've got some good time left. Tell us, what do you want yeah. our listeners to know about Mizen? So, again, you've talked about the opportunity, but we have lights on, after school, yeah. so much to celebrate. Like, what what do you want your message to be to listeners? Our listeners are primarily teachers and educators and nonprofit leaders. Yeah. Well, what we want them to know for uh, in, as far as Mizen education goes is that we want to be an ally. And I shared this at a recent, um, recently uh, at a conference in D.C. that um, technology is all about feedback. We cannot grow or improve our product until folks really dive in uh, and engage with a tool. And in education, because we have so many competing priorities and because curriculum or maybe lesson planning has a wrap of like, okay, you're going to use it, but then it's going to sit on the shelf. We want folks to know that Mizen is a living entity. It breathes and it grows based on feedback and use. So the more we hear from you, so if you're a Mizen education user out there, if you've got a Mizen account, um, get in there and start diving into not just the content, but how does it work for you? So we want folks to know that we can only grow as much as they can get in and provide that feedback. So that's the first thing. The other thing we want them to know is that Mizen Education is not just about the content. It's also about us creating learning experiences for adults. So we tour the country and visit different conferences, and our whole aim is to shift the way that workshops and learning experiences happen. And I learned this from my wife as a Reggio instructor, which is a, is a pedagogy for early childhood education, which is the learning space is critical to learning, meaning make it, make it warm inviting, make it feel like home. And so I've got to thank my colleagues in Kristen Steyer and the Engagement and Experiences team who really started us on a trend of building really warm and welcoming spaces. So if you go to a conference and if you see Mizzen Education, check it out because, for example, we created spaces where it feels like you're in an apartment. 
uh, or a home. We've got a lounge. We've got an activity area. We've got a place where you can maybe grab some snacks. We've got an interactive space where you can sit and kind of see the thoughts and, 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 um, and maybe ideas of others that have gone through the space. We want and we design spaces to not be about product but about people. And so that's the second thing about Miz in education is that the learning space matters to us. We want to curate that as much as we curate our content. And then thirdly, that Miz in education is about relationships. We know that great learning happens when you sit and, and break bread, uh, when you sit and ideate. You know, a colleague of mine was in town a couple of days ago, and he's like, hey, I'm in L.A. I'm only here for two days. This is at our 8.30 p.m. He's like, come join me for dinner. Uh, and I crossed town. I went from Santa Monica all the way to downtown L.A. in L.A. traffic, mind you. Okay. Uh, and we sat and had dinner. And we spent about two and a half hours together with another friend of ours because relationships matter to our work. We want folks to know that we are connected, that it's beyond content. It's beyond training and PD, that it is about sitting down uh, and connecting with others, sharing heart space, head space. And from that can come really cool ideas. And I've got a ton of stories when I, when I was with the After School All-Stars of the stuff that we used to come up with by sitting down at a Denny's in downtown <laughs> L.A., across from men's, the men's jail, there was a Denny's on the other side of the freeway. And we came up with really cool ideas like the kids' Oscars. Right where we decided um, in South Central L.A. back then, this was like in 2004, 2005, you know, there was a real fear in communities around drive-by shootings. And so schools always felt like they were closed off. The minute 3 o'clock hit, those, those doors closed down. The school had no life because it was fear. But our team decided over a Denny's meal that we were going to have a red carpet event, which meant we were going to have a company sponsor a massive red carpet that will go from the front of the door to the street. We were going to work with a car, with a, with a, uh, with a car collection company in South Central. We were going to have them drive kids from the back of the school to the front of the school with paparazzi waiting for them and uh, for an award show, and we would make them feel like celebrities. I love it. Right? Um, and, and we did that because we, we had a relationship. We, we sat, broke bread, and from breaking bread came breakthrough ideas. I and love so it. Those are the things that we want folks to know about Mizzen. Very personal. You know, it's so interesting. And I, um, I just, mm, I'm, I have chills. Okay. So first of all, I love the spaces, learning spaces matter. And you think about our homes or, you know, feng shui, like everybody's trying to find a way to have a space that yeah. m- brings you joy and peace and allows you to, to just be calm or joyful, whatever your mood is, whatever you need. And schools yeah. really are way behind. We've got fluorescent lights and hard chairs and it, cold oh floors and bathrooms where the sinks don't work and there's no soap and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And to be able to provide a space where, you know, kids can, you know, just be so calm in an environment where then they can be curious. They can lean into the learning. They can want yeah. to work, you know, work in groups. So, I'm 100%. When we were starting the Children's Museum here, that was a big thing for us, was how do we turn this 10,000 square foot linear shed, train shed, into a soft, warm environment and, you know, pillows and lamps and really make them feel like they're in a cozy space. Yeah, no, yeah, and that's, that, you, you nailed it. I think lighting is one. How Where you sit is another. And, you know, I walk into my wife's classroom and it's incredible. You know, and the cool thing is that we have some of our own personal furniture that sits 
in her classroom, like the rocking chairs that we rocked our children in as they grew up, they, they're sitting there in her, in her reading corner. That's beautiful. Right? So mm-hmm. it's very personalized. And so I think for educators, um, I really want to um, lift you up and, and really thank you because I know there's a lot of you out there that use your own personal money, that you take extra time to show love and care and, and, or tender loving care, if you will, uh, or TLC in your learning spaces. Right. Um, uh, you know, yesterday I went to Barnes and Noble because there's this tradition that we've had for a while in our family that kind of went uh, absent for a while, which is I, I always used to buy a Halloween children's book every Halloween for my kids. And I used to read them, the stories that I brought. Um, and uh, I didn't do that for many, many years. And just yesterday, I went into a brand new Barnes and Noble, which, you know, they're making a comeback here in the West Side because they've been closing them for the last couple of years. So it's nice to see some of them opening up. And um, I went in and I got a book uh, and I think it's called Don't Be Scared Monkey. I love it. <laughs> and so, um, so, you know, I'm going to, we're going to read that uh, together tonight um, as Halloween gets a little closer. Um, but, I, you know, that's part of the learning experience, right? Being able to create these kind of familial, traditional environments. You go, oh gosh, I mean, let's bring some Let's bring some nostalgia uh, mm-hmm. into the learning yep. space, uh, and so yeah, so that's um, you know that's that's part of what uh, we've been building here at Nissan. This is so great. Um, so I have a same kind of tradition now. My children are in their twenties, but Friday nights, Barnes and Noble, cappuccino, lattes, hot oh, chocolate. You, you know, when they had soft, overstuffed chairs you know, read a book. So those memories matter and those spaces do matter. So um, we are, we've got like a minute left. Um, I know I'm going to put your website information in our show notes, but tell our listeners how they can find you. So yeah, you can look us up at www.mizen, that's M-I-Z-Z-E-N.org. And, or you can visit us on the Apple uh, uh, on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, look up Mizen Education, which, by the way, we just went through a new transition. We went from Mizen by Mott. Thank you, Charles Stewart Mott Foundation, for uh, for funding us and supporting us. And we launched as an independent 501c3 as Mizen Education just a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. So you can find us. That is beautiful. Well, you. And you, you do great work. And I'm so honored you took the time today to share all of this with me and with my listeners. And we're going to wrap that up. That's all the time we have for today. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Robin underscore Berlinski for lots of prizes. And if you're listening on the radio, check out other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski is on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and more. And if you're a nonprofit, reach out for the latest updates and freebies to move your nonprofit from scarcity to abundance, my email, robin at thelearningring.com. And we will have all of the show notes, all the ways to find Carlos and Mizen Education and all the great things in after school in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This is Energy Matters with Robin Berlinski.